everybody, and welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And it has truly been ages. Oh, it's so good to be back. It's it so does good feel really to, good. like, talk about everything. <laughs> I know, yes. So the strike is officially over. Um, there was the writer's strike, there was the actor's strike, um, but all of the striking is officially over, so we can start talking about the media that we've been consuming um, in the meantime. And, like... First of all, I just want to say that, like, I'm just really, really happy that an agreement was reached that, like, was fair and, like, those actors, like, got what they were after Mm because truly, like, that's what matters. Now, did they kind of leave the door open with the back, with the AI? Kind Uh, of. Yeah. But (laughs) for the most part, I'm really, really glad that they were able to come to an agreement. Good for, you know, the industry to start back up again. Good for, for me, too, because the animation industry has also slowed down a lot since the strike. Yes, um, absolutely. So it, it's very reassuring to know it's over. <laughs> yes. And honestly, like on just like a petty selfish note, it ended just in time for Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. So Except they got they a had nice a, premiere. No, they had, they had an agreement. Oh, they? Did were they? granted an interim agreement by SAG. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they were doing press before the strike ended. Oh. I yeah. was going to say, because, like, I love... I, I'm so glad that we got to see Hunter Schaefer, like, on the red carpet and oh all my that. God. Like, she, She's oh my killing God. every look. Like, yes. every red carpet look. I'm, like, so excited every time there's a new red carpet. I'm, like, what's Hunter going to wear? Like... So well, and, like, did you see, like, when she was little, she dressed as somebody from the Capitol for Halloween? Yes. Yeah. Like, she's living her best life. Ne- Alex and I haven't seen Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes yet. Um, neither one of us were huge fans of the book, but we've both been really liking what we're hearing about the film. And I- I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. it. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really good. And the one thing about Hunger Games movies is they're always going to be acted well. Like, they you're are. always going to have really good performances in them. I'm really excited. And, like, Rachel Zegler got- gets to sing a lot in this movie, like, show off her talent. Apparently, she sang everything on set. Like, it wasn't, oh, wow. like recorded like and then lip singing like she mm. was actually recorded on set singing oh i love that because that's gonna add to like that theatrical like yeah. quality to it that's mm-hmm. awesome so basically what this episode is going to be is just us going through all of the um shows and movies and tv shows that we've really enjoyed watching that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about with all of you guys yet um so we are gonna finally get to talk about barbie um a little bit of only murders bottoms um follow the house of usher which i think is still one of my favorite things that i've consumed all this year (laughs) Yeah, Um, we're going to talk about Loki and Captain Marvel and then a little bit of Priscilla since I haven't seen it yet. Um, But we are going to start off with we both have like one recommendation that we want to talk about. And that is um, the Hurricane Wars, which was finally released. um, (laughs) The latest in our Raylo fanfic turned best selling author saga. Best selling authors like I knew they could do it, though. Like, I'm so proud of them. Thousand (laughs) percent. Alex and I were talking about this um, when Loki ended. We were, like, wondering if we, like, had to get into, like, Loki fan fiction because, like, Raylo is, like, you're, like, so spoiled at, with Raylo fan fiction. It's the problem with everything. Every time I've gone out looking for fanfic for other things, it's, like, 
Oh, I was too spoiled. So spoiled. <laughs> like, you don't even realize, like, how spoiled I think, you were like, for Raylo. I guess the one thing, not that I ever got into any Harry Potter fanfic, but, like, the one comparable is probably Germione with I that agree. quality yeah. of fix, probably. I've maybe read one Germione in my life, but, like, <laughs> I imagine it's probably on that level. Well, and, like, the variety, too. Like, the different things you can find. Like, stuff yeah. like that. Absolutely. Um, but, like, Thea, like, has been one of our favorite fic writers. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Sword of the Jedi. I like think we've personally, read everything that she's written. I think. I, yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> My favorite thing that she's written is actually, like, not even one of her long fics. Like, is yes, I love three Sword of the part, Jedi. the three-part mountain one? Yes! It's the three-part <laughs> mountain one. <laughs> I don't I love remember that what it's called. Is that the is that the one that's called the? I couldn't even tell you. I have no idea. But they're it's like the, they're it's researchers. A, it's a Isn't it a Taylor Swift lyric? Well, of course it is. It's Thea. <laughs> um, it's from mine, I think. Yeah, it's like um, you know, they have like a one night stand, and then they're both like researching porgs yeah. on the mountain. <laughs> Yeah. I yes. love that fix so much. It's so good. <laughs> I love how we were both like, yeah, it's that it's one. It's the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she put in that fic, but it was it was so good. Um, so yeah, like if you haven't picked up the Hurricane Wars, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably definitely read the Hurricane Wars. But <laughs> true. Um, it is like I, the one thing that I love about Thea is her characters. Like she just has a really deep understanding of her characters and like their wants and their desires and their motivations. And that's something that definitely carried over to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad that it's going to be a series. Cause I like one landscapes is very long. So there's a lot that needs to happen, but also like I am interested in Alaric. I think that's like the one thing that I really enjoyed that was different from the fic is yeah. that his backstory is a little bit different. Yeah, like his his family mostly. Yes, like his mother. Like I'm mm-hmm. very interested in what what happened with his mother. It like reads very like Prince Zuko to yeah, me. Yeah, and his dad like being basically the Snow character and not like separate, two different characters. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was really interested in that. Yeah, and I kind of Zuko-ish. You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, and like just knowing from landscapes, like I think the the second book's gonna take place mostly in like his territory instead of her territory, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really excited to see that like stark difference because it I remember it being very jarring in the thick as well. So I really like the Hurricane Wars, and I'm I'm really really happy for Thea. She's like really living her best life right now. And the um, all the different variants of the covers are beautiful. The one yeah. um, exclusive that has like the gold uh, pages, like the side. Every they're so pretty. I love. I really like the cover a lot. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> well, and like speaking of gorgeous covers, um, Kate Corain, like her book that's about to come out. Yes, th- that cover. <laughs> Another Raylo. She's going to be a bestseller too. Hers is like 100. Like hers isn't like hers is like 100% original. Like she didn't adapt it from a fic. I okay. So I was talking to close personal friend Sarah from Friends of the Force. And I totally didn't even realize this happened. But like when she was like shopping around to see if people would pick up play to win, like literally nobody picked it up. Like that's mm-hmm. why nothing ever happened. And I was shocked. Like I didn't remember what happened with that. I'm like, what do you mean nobody picked up play to win? Like, well, maybe it will get picked up now after her first novel is like 
doing bangers yeah. like amazing i hope so like i've been reading a lot of greek mythology lately so i'm really excited to add hers to the mix and it's sci-fi greek mythology mm-hmm. so i'm very very excited play the plan is so good how could no one pick it up <laughs> i know i know i remember so clearly when we were reading it was like us and like sky talkers and like mm-hmm. everybody that was reading play to win as it was updating and when she was like going to vegas yeah i remember that so clearly when we were all like we're going to vegas <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, the good old days. The good old days. Uh, the good old days of like 2019, like 2018, 2019 before like everything The good happened. old days of running to the group chat to be like, she updated. She updated. <laughs> running to the group chat with the most devastating like piece of information ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So in other book news, um, now that it is November, phase three of the High Republic has officially begun. Um, I started Eye of the Storm, which is the new adult novel by mm-hmm. George Mann this morning. I've only read like two chapters, so I can't really say yeah. anything about it. Um, but what I will say is that we've gotten one issue of the comic so far, and we've gotten two of Shadows of Starlight, which is kind of like bridging the gap between the phases. And, like, Shadows of Starlight is popping off, first of all. Second of all, I'm, like, very intrigued by this occlusion zone that they're setting up. And apparently Phase 3 is going to take place over, like, several years. So I'm – it's very dark right now. I'm looking. I'm – so I'm on the wait list for Eye of Darkness probably four weeks-ish. Like, I'm not that far down the library wait list. Um – so soon and but i'm like missing marta like are you missing marta i am missing marta i feel like we left her and i we needed more (laughs) no i 1000 percent agree with that like i personally though i would be shocked if they don't write like another marta book Okay. Like, I just feel like that's going to happen. Like, even if it's, like, not part of the phases or if it's just, like, something somewhere down the line. Like, I just – I feel like it's going to happen because there's – I still have so many questions about the beginnings of the the Nile and, like, I don't know how they're going to explore it quite yet. Um, So I just feel like that is going to happen. When, where, who's yeah. going to write it, I don't know. Um, Cav, Justina, Tessa, I'm looking at you three – that's my dream trio. That's my goaded trio right there. <laughs> it's so funny to me when we were in the, uh, you know, phase two, I was like, oh, I miss phase one. I miss the trio. I miss all of that. But then once we got those Marta books, Path of Vengeance, Path of yeah. Deceit, like, oh, I was in it. I was like, yeah, phase two, let's go. And then it's, it ended yeah, so quickly. It felt like phase two ended so quickly, I guess, because we had one less wave, right? Mm. Um yeah, Miss Marta. Well, and they're really dragging out phase three. Like, instead of dropping a lot of books at one time, it's going to – we're not even going to get, like, the final wave until, like, 2025. I guess because they're really banking on reading order, maybe. Like, I think it's so not too. like phase one where it's like, you can read this in whatever order you want. Like, I have a feeling that this phase actually has a real reading order. Well, and I think that has to do with how much time is going to pass too so it's like if you don't read them in this order like you really are like 
missing things, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they haven't done that yet. Um, the one thing that I haven't liked, even though, like, Shadows of Starlight, that comic run, is popping off. Did you read the new one with Elzar and Avar? No. I gotta do that. Okay, I'll the do one thing week. I didn't like about it is that the art style was a little bit different. Like, I feel like oh, Avar was, like, very feminine. Mm. And is I like kind of feel like, like that, you know that comic cover of her? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, more yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I also just kind of feel like her and Elzar, like, I like I, I liked what they gave us, but mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like the roles were reversed a teeny tiny bit, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, interesting. interesting. It wasn't, like, what I was expecting from them. Like, I was expecting it to be a little bit different. Um, and it is Charles Soule, and, like, most of what I, like, really, really I mean, he, he is the inventor of Avar and Elzar, this, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, Kevin did noodle his way in there and <laughs> give us something. <laughs> yeah. I always you know? pictured Avar as Brie Larson. Me too. That's how I picture her. Yes. I honestly feel like she is Brie Larson. Like, I just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also go back and forth on how I picture Elzar. Like, I know how he's drawn, but, like, he could be prettier than that. <laughs> <laughs> true but you know like they've gone through some trauma like he doesn't yeah. have time oh, to look pretty no, no, okay so listen listen though listen okay so like i say this but at the end of that comic and at the beginning of um the new comic run with kevin scott um he's growing a beard oh and i like it hmm because he's very like blockheady. And the beard is is like. Do you think he's growing him. it because of Stalin? Thousand percent, yes. One thousand percent. Listen, he's on a ship called the Geos now. Hmm. Is it like round? I don't know. I don't know. It's like long. It's like a long ship. Oh. But it's like him and Belle trying to like hold everything together, and I'm like, yeah. it's okay. Papa Stalin's gonna come back. And it's gonna be fine. Is Ember there? Ember ends there. Okay. Yes. Good. In chapter, we like in two chapters, I've already gotten Ember content. Okay. So that's good, you know? <laughs> um, so I am excited to see where else phase three goes. I'm like most excited for the YA as usual, but that's because it's the return of Vernestra. Yeah. And I love Vernestra. my girl Vernestra. Okay. So getting into things we have not gotten a chance to talk about yet, I totally forgot that we haven't been able to even talk about this, but it's Barbie. Yeah. Like, Barbie was like, literally I mean, like, right Bar- at the beginning. Yeah, like, Barbenheimer, like, they, Oppenheimer got to have that premiere, and, like, we all found out about the strike during that red carpet, didn't we? Yeah, they walked, they left yeah. the red carpet. Yes. That was so, crazy. That was a long time ago. It was a long time <laughs> ago. I know. Man. Oh, my God. Let yeah, me just, I, yeah. <sighs> I, so I did the Barbenheimer event. I did Yes, both. you did. <laughs> I saw Oppenheimer first, and then I saw Barbie. Enjoyed them both. Thought they were both great movies. Acting in both are so good. And a little shout out to Alden Ehrenreich, who we love in Solo. He Aww. was in Oppenheimer, and he was such a standout in Oppenheimer. Like, honestly, acted his butt off. He was amazing. 
Every time I see him, I'm like, that's our son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I did not do the Barbenheimer. Um, I still haven't actually seen Oppenheimer um, just because it is so unbelievably long. But I am going to watch it now that it's on streaming. Um, I saw Barbie twice in theaters. Um, okay, I went so once you... with friends and once with my mom. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. <sighs> But it's just so good. I need to see it again. My parents, so my parents haven't seen it. <gasps> and I don't know if it's just that generation that it could has be. decided that Barbie's not for them. It could absolutely be because my mom didn't want to see it originally. And then she liked it, right? She like, loved see, it. See, I've been trying to tell my parents and then like also my uncles and aunts, like, no, you will like this movie. Stop listening to other people. Like, you, I'm, like I'm wait, telling you on, right now, you will enjoy it. Hold on a second. You're telling me your uncle hasn't seen Barbie? Like the boy genius loving uncle? Yes, the boy genius lover. He he told me that people told him that, oh, young people enjoy it, but old people don't. Like older. older. Barbie is for him. (laughs) And I'm telling him, I'm like, no, you'll like Barbie. And he's he's telling all these lies to my parents too. So (gasps) now they're like, oh, like, so I think. Sad day. Over the holidays, we will be sitting my parents down and watching Barbie because I do actually think they will both enjoy it. Yes. Like, that's all I could think of, like, when I was seeing it the first time because, like, I, like, Greta Gerwig is amazing with just how she hits on, like, womanhood and girlhood and just, like, all this. And really, at its heart, I do feel like Barbie was, like, about, like, mothers and daughters, even though Barbie, like, doesn't have a mother. But, like... I remember my, like, first Barbies and, like, the ones that, like, I really loved to play with were my mom's. Like, she Mm -hmm. had, like, original, like, 1960s Barbies and she would let me, like, take them out and I would just kind of play with them, like, supervised, you know, because they were, like, vintage. (laughs) Um, But I loved those and, like, her mom sewed a lot of her Barbies and then my Barbies clothes. So, like, it just feels very, like, like, multi-generational. Yeah. So, like, as I'm watching it and it's, like, hitting on those themes, I'm like, oh, my God, my mom has to see this. Because when the trailers came out, my mom's like, I don't – that doesn't look no, like it's for exactly. me. No, exactly. They're all, like – my dad was like, that's not going to be a very good movie. And I'm like, right. no, you watch. I'm like, when has Greta Gerwig missed? Like, She's why never are you missed. Da- why are you doubting Greta Gerwig? Like, we all I- – I went with my parents to see her Little Women adaptation. <sighs> both so my, good. Both my parents walked out of that movie saying, oh, that was – that was such a good version of Little Woman. That was great. So then why are you why are you then doubting Greta? <laughs> yeah, no, she was amazing. And then like my mom like truly loved it. Like she was so excited to see that movie. Like it's just so good. Like and it truly was like a phenomenon and like obviously like it dominated like for Halloween and all of that. Like mm-hmm. they're never gonna have like such an amazing like lightning in a bottle experience again I don't ever think but it was just it was so perfect like I don't know what Greta Gerwig was thinking but like everybody was on point like Ryan Gosling oh my god he's probably gonna get an Oscar nomination I think he is for I'm just Ken or even just for being Ken in general 100% he's getting one for I'm just Ken for best original song for sure Mm -hmm. But I think he could also be nominated for best um, lead, I guess, Actor, lead. yeah. Or would he be supporting? I don't know. Something? I think, I think he would be supporting technically. Mm-hmm. Te- I, I would say technically he would be supporting. Okay. So I think he will also be nominated for that. But he was already nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, that's true. He was. Yeah. Do you think 
if I'm Just Ken gets nominated, that he will perform it at the Oscars? Uh, yes, but I've also <laughs> seen people saying that the Oscars is going to open with a grandiose Barbie performance. Oh, interesting. I saw that this week, so hopefully that happens. Interesting. I feel like the Oscars is going to have, like, such – it's going to be, like – such heavy hitters like especially just for this month alone like there's so much coming Mm -hmm. out like although you know um i was talking i don't know if it was andy or someone i was talking to and we were saying you know like there are a lot of candidates but then because of the strike some things got pushed back so i think things like priscilla has really been able to shine because there may be like less candidates for those kind of things like for best picture best directing like i really do hope you know priscilla is nominated for best direction and because i mean we also have you know killers of the flower moon that just came out with martin scorsese he's gonna be rocking in a lot of nominations oh, too yeah. mm-hmm. so like it does i think it allows some films that do actually deserve the recognition but usually get tossed aside like, yeah, which is such a good point. And like, let's let's go ahead and talk about Priscilla since you mentioned it. Um, so like, I haven't seen it yet, but I've like I've seen a lot and read a lot about it. And like, Sofia Coppola, like, yeah, you love her. I love Sofia Coppola. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um I think this like I haven't seen all of her movies. I actually haven't seen Virgin Suicides. I I haven't either. I I like as much as I love her. Like I really haven't seen enough. Like okay, I, yeah. I've only seen a so, couple like, things. I actually went hunting for it like the week before Priscilla because I was like, I'm gonna watch this, and it's not on any streaming. So I'm like, <sighs> cool. <laughs> Sometimes, um, in Nashville, like I know that they've done this like once or twice before, but there's this like old theater in downtown Nashville and they've done like Sofia Coppola like marathons before. That's cool. And my mom and I have always wanted to go because she also really loves Sofia Coppola. Oh my god, your mom's gonna love Priscilla. Priscilla, I know. I want to take her so bad. Priscilla was one of my favorite movies of the year, like by far. Um, The performances were incredible. Kaylee and Jacob were both like equally fantastic. Jacob Elordi like Oh my god, like his career is just taking off, but like I ca- I can't believe how talented he is. And you know, he got his start in The Kissing Booth, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think like I've compared him like to you like before about like he's kind of like Robert Pattinson where he got his start in like a YA adaptation and then he just like takes off. And, like, Rob, too, is so talented. But mm-hmm. I really feel like Jacob Wardy is, like, this generation's Rob. I 1,000% agree with that because, like, and we've talked about this before because, like, I, I didn't watch Kissing Booth. So, like, really the only thing that I'd seen him in is Euphoria. And, like, I like despised him and it was to the point where like if I even saw like Jacob Elordi yeah. like not even him as Nate I was like I cannot with this man right now but that's but a honestly, testimony to how good is. of an actor he is he's so good <laughs> and I've loved like seeing him in like interviews for Priscilla and like I love people like talking about his style and like the little purses he carries around <laughs> everywhere yeah like that's such like a Rob thing to do like mm-hmm. he really is like a like an Arpats for Gen Z um one of my favorite reviews or, like, critiques, I guess you could say, of Priscilla is somebody who watched it in tandem with Elvis. Because um, a lot of people have been comparing them. But she said, no, like, let's look at them as companion pieces. Yeah. And it's so fascinating because 
Elvis like really is like about Elvis like the superstar the performer like the juggernaut of a rock star that he was like it's like Elvis from the point of view of the average person like what they're fed by the media and that's Mm -hmm. like an interesting movie too I haven't actually seen it but like I I get that point I've seen it and honestly like it is pretty good and like it, it, I love I love making fun of Austin Butler, but he was <laughs> a very good Elvis. Like he <laughs> he really was. I think if you compare him to Jacob Ellardy, like it's it, it you know it doesn't even hold a candle because I think that they have such different acting styles. But then you see the perspective from Priscilla, who yeah. arguably like was like the closest to him, and I love that we can actually see that duality. Because, like, a lot of people talk about, like, even with Killers of the Flower Moon, like, oh, it's so, so good, but, like, I wish we could get, like, another perspective. Or, Bar- mm-hmm. or like, Oppenheimer, I wish we could get another perspective. So being able to actually see that with Ellis yeah. for Elvis versus Priscilla has been really cool. So, like, I'm, I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see, like, the movie, obviously, for myself, um, to be able to compare them. And um, the thing with Priscilla, it's based off of Elvis and Me, which is a book that Priscilla herself wrote. So it is based off of her perspective. And then you have Sophia coming in. And the thing that she does the best is like telling the perspective of girlhood and growing up. And like she that is what she does best. Like, well, it's a match made in heaven. Honestly, though, like as I saw a um an interview with her and she said that um she was worried that it would be too much like Marie Antoinette because it's like the same mm-hmm. thing that she's doing um and honestly like she could make a movie about every like woman in history to the tune of how she did Marie Antoinette and I would be so forever thankful yeah. because it's such an interesting look at it um and she even did that with like did you saw the beguiled right yeah yeah, so it's even like with the beguiled because the original beguiled is from the man's perspective, mm-hmm. and then hers is from the women's perspective. Like, oh my god, like between her and Greta Gerwig, like. And I just I gotta just... comment the um the costumes in this movie, like getting all those like sixties seventies styles is really cool. The music, so like I don't know if you know, but. Um, the Elvis estate didn't actually grant them mm-hmm. permission to use any Elvis music. So she used music from the time she used, she like riffed off of a few things and it made the movie really interesting and not like in your face Elvis. Like it felt right, weirdly, mm-hmm. like not to have all that Elvis music. I like um, that. Yeah. Because that makes sense because it's not about him. Yeah. You know, like, I like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I like that a lot. I did, like, you talking about the costumes, I did read an article about um, Priscilla's hair and, like, how they, like, did her hair and how they wanted to show it, you know, changing with, like, different stages of her life. Yeah. Which they also, like, did with Barbie, like, as she becomes, you know, more self-aware, her hair yeah. changes. Like, I love that. That's so interesting. To piggyback off of that, though, Kaylee Spaney, like, she plays Priscilla from, I think it, they said 14 years old, all the way up into her motherhood, like as she is a mother herself. Mm-hmm. And it was the most convincing thing I've ever seen. Like she, her playing a 14 year old and then her playing a grown woman, like she like physically changed. Like she like, 
she was not recognizable. And it was That's the same amazing. actress. And it was just all through, well, not only her, but wardrobe, hair, just like, and the way she acted, like she, it was, it was incredible. And I really hope she gets some nominations and recognition for award season because I could not believe it. Like, so convincing her aging, like, you know, probably, I don't know how long, at least 15 years through the movie. Wow. At least. That's that's awesome. Like, and that's just such a testament to, like, her acting ability. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And like you said, like, coming together with wardrobe and hair and makeup, like, I feel like this this movie season, like, not only for acting, but, like, this has been, like, such an amazing year four like hair and makeup and wardrobe True. as well oh, that's gonna be a really tough category hair yeah. and makeup sets like oh my god like costumes even, just cin- <laughs> even like cinematography like i feel like has yeah. been very unique this year mm-hmm. oh, yeah it's it's been a really good year for those movies so speaking of movies, we'll talk about one more movie before we talk about a couple of shows. Um, Bottoms came out, which is one that I feel like was really like, like really affected by the strike because it just didn't get all the hype yeah. that it deserved. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. I like. I don't know if it's just because I have a lot of friends who saw enjoyed Bottoms, but like to me, I'm like, oh, it did so well, but. Maybe to the wider audience, to the general audience, not that many people saw it, but Mm. I highly recommend it. It was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. So was Barbie. Barbie was also one of the funniest movies I ever saw. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But Bottoms and like Ao, so good. That's another thing. I don't even know if we talked about like her on the bear. Wait, we didn't talk about the bear, did we? I don't know if we've (laughs) talked about the bear. We can get to it a bit. We we can get to it. Yeah. No, I agree. Because, like, I remember when, like, Bottoms was, like, going to come out. And, like, you know, it has Ao in it, who, like, I loved in The Bear. It has mm-hmm. Ruby in it from Willow, which, like, she was amazing. off the okay, face wait, of the earth. Wait, she was amazing in Bottoms. I think she was the standout, no, to be I honest. No, I agree. I totally <laughs> agree that she was unbelievably amazing in Bottoms. And, like, it just... The more I found out about this movie, the more I was just like, I am so wildly intrigued. Like, what is this? Um, My friend and I tried to go and see it in theaters, but, like, it was only in theaters for, like, two weeks. Oh, my God. Like, it was insane. But then it was on streaming pretty quickly. Yeah. So I ended up just renting it and watching it, and it just, like... Well, Nothing will prepare you for it either, because it's unlike anything you've seen just... There's Enjoy literally, the like, nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I've seen people, like, throwing, like, you know, Superbad in there. And yes, sure. the beginning, I can see the comparisons at the beginning of the movie to Superbad, but then it goes off in a different direction. Totally a different direction. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't even, even that's a movie where I feel like costume and, like, hair and makeup. Yeah. Like, because it, totally. just the vibe of it was so well done. Mm-hmm. And it has, um, the guy in it who plays Jeff was also in Red, Right, and Royal Blue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Gag, what's his last name? I don't know, but he, like, it couldn't be, two, like, two more different roles. I am, like, so, I'm, like, low-key obsessed with him. <laughs> Because he's just like doing the most random projects. Like, because well, he opposite also did ends. that Purple Hearts movie. Purple Heart- I did not see Purple Hearts. I will not be watching Purple Hearts. No. But yes, that is like interesting to me that he did that. And they're making a Purple Hearts 2. Oh my God. Okay. It's like he goes from playing like 
uh, in that movie, which is like so right wing, to yeah, playing in like military red, white, propaganda. And royal blue. Red, white, and ro- royal blue was good. Honestly, it slapped. Like honestly, I, yeah. so neither of us have read the book. No, um, probably so, won't read the book. So as a but... perspective of people who haven't read the book, we re- both really enjoyed it. I thought the chemistry was amazing, even though in the trailers I was like, "Look at this chemistry!" <laughs> like they have none. Like what the is going on? Was like these are just two men. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but no, yeah. But then you watch the movie and you're like, "What the heck was?" You're like, like Whoa. "What?" Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Yes, um, and I've, but I've yes. heard people talk about maybe doing a sequel to that, like potentially. Even though there's happening. no sequel book, like I even know. the author has talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would love that. That would be yeah. cool. I would love that. I would watch that. I would absolutely watch that. Um, but anyway, yes, back to bottoms. Um, so good, so amazing. Ten out of ten, so good. Um, but let's talk about the bear for a second, since we're on Ao. <sighs> I think Jeremy it, so, <laughs> so I need to preface this by saying um, for the Emmys this year, I've seen every comedy. Yeah, she really has. I can, I can say it and I, I, I am predicting the bear winning and I, I fully agree. Like, I think the bear should win the category. I like the way that the bear just like kind of crept up out of nowhere with that second season. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden everybody was like, what? And it's so good. Like Yeah, Jeremy Allen White. <sighs> yes, Chef. Yes, Chef. <laughs> um He's about to be in a movie with um the the boxing, the wrestling yeah, movie. Yeah, the boxing movie with um Zach Efron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. watch that for Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> I will absolutely watch it for Jeremy Allen White. Like so good. I really enjoy Jeremy Allen White interviews too. Like I, I do find too. them interesting. Yes. Um, I found that spread that they did. Was it for GQ? It was for GQ. It was British GQ. <laughs> they did a photo shoot. The, the, I know this is off topic from the bear, and it's about the iron claw. Yes, the iron yeah, claw. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And that whoever directed that photo shoot, like, I just have to give kudos to them because it was so entertaining for me to look at. Somebody described it as like a gay locker room haunted by Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't there know. There was who. that one that was like uh, like a moving cover, like it was like a digital cover, and they were all just mm. like eating like wings. Like <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yes, the bear though, like the writing is so good. I think like will go down in history. The best episode ever is that Christmas episode. The Christmas episode. Best episode it, of TV, like, in history ever. Like, yeah. so good. You know what other... So, back, this is going to connect later. I'm not doing a very good job of my little segues, but... This is um, it. This is why they come to Lipstick and Lies Hippers. It's for yeah, the tangents. Another, <laughs> another TV show where I think, like, oh, that episode kind of, like, defines television for me is the episode of haunting of hill house where they at yes. the funeral yes oh my god the funeral episode <laughs> yeah is so, so like good. when i think of like some stuff like that i also think of that funeral isn't, episode isn't that the episode where they shot it all yeah in one like continuous where, shot? where they they had a few cheats like they yeah they just like, like a one couple or two. times yeah well because even when they like 
segue into the flashbacks, it's still like perfectly matched. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So like that's just like that will no connect. T- that is like TV magic, like in mm-hmm. my mind. And I really felt like that Christmas episode of the bear was TV magic. And there were just like random cameos in that episode too. So many like, random Jamie ca- Lee made, Curtis. But like they were and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> so good in the bear. Yeah. She's she was really good. That's the thing about the bear though, like those characters were like, per- like this is going to be such a weird comparison, but like I would compare it to watching an episode of the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the way that they talk, and um, it just feels talking. so. It feels so organic. It's like you're watching another language. Yes. Like you're understanding it, but it it's like watching a family speak in their own language, like in within yes. their own home that they know mm-hmm. that like you're not necessarily going to act that way outside of the house. Yeah. Or like, you know, like not needing to like explain like the inside jokes or like the yeah. phrases that they say and they talk so fast and they get so mad, but then like it's fine because it's family. Like it just. Oh, man. It feels so intimate. <laughs> like So good. It's so good. My, I will say, so, like, the Christmas episode is, like, the best episode, but, like, that one episode, I think it was, like, Forks, um, where he, uh, what's the cousin's name? Tony, um, right? Maybe? I don't know. Um, Maybe? He goes and he, um, like, helps out at a, like, five-star, oh, like, a Michelin like star restaurant. Oh, you mean, like, he learns how to be, like, a concierge, basically? He learns, like, how to care about the restaurant business. and like and how and to find his own place there because remember that whole that whole arc was about him like feeling that he wasn't needed like that yes. like they could succeed without him and like yes. what was the point of him being there and then he learned how to do something that was meant for him to do like that he had all the skills to do Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. And then he and then he's a swifty and he's singing in the car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I could watch The Bear again, like, right now. Yeah, the, me too. Oh. It's like Gilmore Girls. It is like Gilmore Actually, Girls. I rewatched, I binged, I re-binged Fleabag the last two days. Oh, did you really? But that's, like, really <laughs> short, so it's, like, easy. It is so, yeah. Oh, man. Well, Fleabag has been getting, like, I, I feel like it's been, like, really present lately. Well, because Phoebe and Andrew were at that, like, Man of GQ thing, yeah. Man of the Year thing. Mm. So then I saw photos of them, new photos of them, and I was like, oh, I need to rewatch. <laughs> it's so good. Fleabag's so good. Okay, so we're officially talking about TV shows. We we do have, like, one more movie that we're going to talk about, but it ties into another TV show. Okay. Um, So let's talk briefly about Only Murders, because that also ties in with the bear. Now... I told Alex this before we started. I realized that I, like, stopped watching Only Murders at some point. It ended, like, really well. It was good. Like, Like, I I, I feel like like every season is good. It's just, like... Oh, it is. Yeah. um, Like, I I feel like the writing is always so good. Like, they pace it really well, and they mm -hmm. always have really good endings. I think it is, like, the pacing... It works really well. Anyways, you'll enjoy that. You should get to that. Um, finale was good. You know, the show always sets up for another season. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I um, want to see when did I stop watching? Oh, I literally only have the finale left. Oh, so you don't know who the <laughs> killer is? No, I don't. It aired 10-3, so it's... <laughs> wow. So I just forgot so to watch the finale. 
over a month. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, not much to say. That show's always good, and I don't want to give away good. anything. Yeah, I will say like, I never in my wildest dreams would have like thought the trio of Selena Gomez, <laughs> Martin Short, and Steve Martin would be so personal to me. <laughs> like, yeah. They just, I, they did something really I special feel, with it that It feels show. like one of those shows that, like, grandchildren will come up to you and be like, Grandma, what was it like to be watching Only Murders when it was coming out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, like oh, it's a magical time. Like, you were around, like, when those three were working together. What was it like? You know, you just gave me a really sad thought. What? Because Selena's going to outlive them. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's so sad. Like... We're going to have, like, a whole generation, like, multiple generations being so devastated by this. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about probably the best show, in my opinion, of the year, which is Fall of the House of Usher. I will say the bear still. I agree with you about the bear, but (laughs) Fall of the House of Usher is so... I will say, okay, so let me let me preface this this way. Every single person I've talked to about Fall of the House of Usher says that it's their favorite of Mike Flanagan. Really? But, but I still like Bly Manor, but that's yes. because, obviously, we are who we are, you know? We just, we just are the only Bly Manor stands because we every are the other only person, Bly Manor stands. Every other person, like, ranks Bly Manor last, and I'm like, did we watch the same thing? Like... <laughs> I and I I totally understand like valid. No, I for, don't understand. No, well, <laughs> you're right. Well, people who like don't like it's it's a it's a romance. It's a love story. But they yeah. said it was a love story. But like a lot of horror people like don't want it to be a love story. You know, like I would probably rank Midnight Mass last, which is like so hard for me to say because, because I good. do really like Midnight yeah. Midnight Mass. It was and good. they introduced, um, gosh, I can't think of her name, but she was in Fall of the House of Usher because she played Tamerlane, mm, and she's yeah. so good. Man, Fall of the House of Usher, like, yeah, that show is so good. Yeah, I loved it. I, I <sighs> loved it. I was so intrigued how you know, Mike Flanagan worked in different Edgar Allan Poe stories in, like, into an encompassing story. Like, it was, like, the encompassing yes. story is Usher. And then within that are, like, some of his other stories in each mm-hmm. episode. I'm like, that's so original. Like, you, you – I thought it was just going to be, like, a modern retelling of the fall of the House of Usher, like, kind of straight. But, like, mm-hmm. to then work in, like, all these other stories – that like you know like we probably both of us have probably read in high school. Mhm. Yeah. I to me like it was such a love letter love letter to Edgar Allan Poe and like people who like Poe like are automatically going to like the show. And like I agree. So like I've read a retelling of The Fall of the House of Usher and it is a really interesting story and it's so fascinating to me because the show touches on parts of it and like the parts of it that they touch on are just like so interesting like because it is like you know um like the man and the sister and like thinking the sister's dead and it's like what's going on and like the unnamed narrator and all that kind of stuff like my favorite thing to do was read about the ones that I hadn't read before Mm -hmm. um like for example the second one 
um, with when she was in like the lab and she was killed by yeah, yeah. the, the um, chimp one yeah yeah so I read about that and it it was actually very different in like the actual story but what was interesting so the detective um, throughout the whole show that's the story where he got his like first introduction ever and he was the original like he's the character that sherlock holmes is based off of oh that's like cool. that's so cool like i he was like the first like literary like inspector like mystery mm-hmm. solver. he was like solving the mystery of this woman who was murdered by an orangutan and it's it was so interesting to me and like i man the last episode when they were quoting the raven yeah. was so impactful. Like. I know. It was, like, so eerie and, like, just getting, like, oh, my God. Like, so well done. Like, not cheesy. Like, not, not It cheesy. wasn't, like, cheesy. Um, And the acting performances, like you said, were all really good. Mm-hmm. Mike, like, I, like, will bow down to Mike Flanagan because everything that I've ever seen, I haven't seen all of his work because he is a working man. He is putting (laughs) out a lot of content. I haven't seen everything, but everything I have seen, I really enjoy. You know, he did the sequel to The Shining that I know was met like by, you know, mixed reviews, mixed reviews, but I'm a fan of it. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of it. Well, because he really nails, like something that I think he does so well is this just like, eerie sense of dread yeah really well like that's present in all of his work like i didn't even realize this like my favorite horror movie when i was younger was hush which is mm-hmm. about a and deaf girl that, in the woods right? yeah yeah and i didn't realize that that was mike flanagan so like i was already like predisposed to him <laughs> like and it's just He's so good. And, like, his contract with Netflix is over, which, like, part of me is just, like, let this man be free. Like, I want to see him do, like, another movie or something like that. Like, he's not going to be out of work. No, he's he's definitely still going to be booked and busy. And these actors are going to follow him, like, for sure. Yeah, well, he – they just wrapped on his new movie. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't. They literally – just wrapped like this week the one with wow, tom hiddleston okay. it, isn't <gasps> it the one with tom hiddleston and mark hamill you're right you are right i remember that now Man, yeah mark, tom so hiddleston now directed mark hamill's by Mike following him around too wow tom hiddleston man yeah that's that's really exciting tom hiddleston in like horror um and like i would say like you know crimson peak is probably the closest to horror he's done or has he done anything else no, I. that's, like, the only thing that really comes to mind. And I like him in Crimson Peak. Yeah, me but too. But, like, I would love to see him in more. Like, he really nails that, like, I mean, like, obviously, because he's, like, really good at playing villains. But, like, mm-hmm. that tragic, romantic, like, horror, gothic character. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, Ryan Murphy wishes he was. Wishes. Yeah. This guy wishes he was Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Mike Flanagan is Ryan Murphy if he's slayed. If he's slayed. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just like, I'm going to be so sad that like this is next year is going to be the first Halloween where we don't have a Mike Flanagan show to watch. Yeah. And I feel like Netflix, and I really feel like Netflix gave him a budget compared yeah. to other shows, which was good. Like he had the money to make what he wanted, I feel like. His shows always looked good. Yeah, they looked like, expensive compared to other Netflix shows. Yeah, like they always looked very, very good. And I mean, you could also say that like, they don't really need to do like a lot of 
weird CGI and like they're already kind of dark, but like they always look so well done. The score is always good. The acting is always on point. Like it was just so, so unbelievably well done. Like I still think about right at the moment, like how the fall of the House of Usher is probably like my Roman Empire or one of my Roman Empires, I should say, because <laughs> um, I do still think about that show quite a lot. It is so good. So I think that takes us to um, the show. Our big Marvel discussion. our big Marvel discussion. Yes. So first of all, I want to say there's been a lot of talk recently about like it's like over for Marvel or like they're kind of Mm -hmm. on the way out. And in some ways, I do agree with them because they have oversaturated like the superhero market and like fans are getting tired. And I teach middle school and most of my kids could not care less about Marvel. Which is so crazy because I feel like when you started teaching, like, they did care. A little bit, yeah. Like, they cared a little bit more. Um, They've always, like, every single year I've taught, like, they love Mm Spider-Man. Like, they love – they especially love – Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and they love um, Miles Morales. Like, they love Into the Spider-Verse. But when it comes to, like, actual Marvel superheroes, like, it's really not it for them. And, like, when you think about it, and it's – I hate thinking about this, but, like, a lot of them were born, like, after the Avengers assembled. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, before Iron Man. (laughs) But no, like, after that. Like, yeah, because, well, like, when did the Avengers come out? Like, 2012? Yeah. Like, my oldest kids at the moment are born in, like, 2011. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, like, it's it's daunting to get into the MCU and we're yeah. at a point where you actually have to see a lot of things for to it enjoy to make it. sense. Yes. And I, you know, like all this, like, you know, Marvel fatigue, I think Marvel really needs to just take a breather. Like, like, like just. I agree. Breathe for a second. Now bring in a bunch of creative people and let mm-hmm. them, you know, let them loose for pay them for a few weeks, let them go loose. Just don't go with the formula you're always doing. I agree with that. And like that's something that we've said about Star Wars too. Like we were yeah. like, oh, please yeah. pump the brakes. And like they have I think Acolyte um, is is what you get when you pump the brakes. I I, yes. I know it's not out yet, but I like I'm really hoping yeah. Acolyte's good and I think that maybe that's What's going to happen? Well, and, like, you definitely still see Star Wars, like, speed running through stuff. Like, Uh-oh. absolutely. Well, that's, um, that's John Favreau that and Dave Filoni's job. Yes. But then the other side, yes, slow down. They pumped the brakes. And, like, with <laughs> movies, like, a lot of it is just that, like, their deals have been falling through and things like that, which, honestly, I think is for the best. Like, take yeah. your time. Well, at least Calm they're down. letting deals fall through. I think that Marvel just steams ahead Let's, like like they steam uh, ahead. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna cancel this project we're just going well and like the biggest example of that is um dr strange like the multiverse of badness yeah. now i remember liking the multiverse yeah. of badness like we both liked that movie mm-hmm. is it the best movie no 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 i i just no. enjoyed watching it yes like, it i wasn't, had a fun time. i don't think it was that good it was just like oh this that was funny like the fact I just that like it was watching, so corny i liked watching wanda just tear shit up you Mm -hmm. know like i just watched like you know going through it but like story-wise no not at all and i feel bad for like america chavez and like um yeah 100 but like i also do think that 
because there is so much, we are still getting pockets that are really good. Yeah. Like, I, I do think that it's, it's kind of hard to discount all of it at one time because mm-hmm. there is so much of it, you know Different what I mean? Different creators, like, they're not, like all the same people creating things. Yeah, like I just I recently rewatched all of WandaVision and I cried. Yeah, WandaVision's great. Like I was literally sobbing and I rewatched it because of, you know, like we just got season 2 of Loki and there's a lot of theories um kind of flying around about um certain characters after the end of Loki and it made me really want to rewatch WandaVision and it's just it's so unbelievably well done. And then I remember things like Moon Knight, which was so good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, So, like, I definitely think Marvel needs to pump the brakes on a lot of things. But I also think that some of their projects are still doing and performing well. So it's kind yeah. of a weird... And, like, and the other thing is, like, Secret Invasion before Loki was the last TV show to come out. And, like, I didn't watch it. I didn't Like, either. as soon as I found out about the whole AI credits thing, I was just like... That no. kind of thing doesn't interest me. And then it ended up getting horrible reviews after fact. Like, the finale was, like, so poorly received. I was just like, okay. Yeah. I saved Which time. I, I will say, because, like, I, would, I wouldn't lump that in necessarily with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but that one was pretty weak in comparison to mm-hmm. other Marvel shows. Yeah. Um, and I've heard that early, like... Um, like early things about the new Captain America are sounding similar. Oh yeah, and Harrison um, Ford's in that. Yeah, so like I, it's stuff like that where I'm like, mm, yeah, let's maybe calm down. I this is a little bit off topic, but like also the decision to cast Pedro Pascal in Fantastic Four. Wait, was that real? So it apparently, it is probably happening if he has time. Okay. Because he's very busy. But it is something that they want. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, of course, Pedro Pascal's super talented. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they hired someone to get people into the movie theater. I agree. And like, I personally don't love Pedro Pascal in those roles. Like him in Wonder Woman. Like he was so good in Wonder Woman, but I prefer him. He was in Wonder Woman? Yeah, it was in the second one. Oh, yeah, you oh, still haven't seen the second see one. Yeah, it was in the second one. Um, <laughs> I I prefer him as, like, the grumpy dad, you yeah, know? Yeah, because so, like, unless, like, his character is going to be a grumpy dad. Which is not going to be. That character is not him. Like, like Reed Richards is not going to be yeah, that. Re- yeah. I'm, like, I'm not really in- interested in the Fantastic Four at all. Although I will say, like, after the end of Captain Marvel, like... They kind of set some interesting stuff up, but, like... Stuff, stuff connected to Doctor Strange, actually. Actually, yeah, yeah. they did. Um, like, they're kind of, like, making the most of that disaster, yeah. kind of, you know? And even, like, Ant-Man Quantumania, like, with Loki, it they kind of was like, oh, this was just, like, a little thing that happened. Because mm-hmm. you also have to talk about... Um, so, originally, they were going to go, like, guns blazing on Kang... And now, in light of yeah. um, things with Jonathan Majors, like that's probably not. Yeah, at least gonna they have recognized that they need to pump the brakes on that. Like, and they I am very that. happy about that. And I, I like that the way that they kind of did that with Loki is that they kind of were just like, 
you know, that Kang the Conqueror that we saw in Quantumania, they were like, oh, yeah, that was just like a small little thing. Yeah. And they, they fixed it. It's like it was, they, they really minimized I also, it. <laughs> I also found that Jonathan Majors just wasn't very good in the season of Loki. I agree, too. I, I will say I think he was really good in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But up until then, I didn't care for him. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Okay. Like. So, like, let's talk about Loki season two. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was different writers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some of the same team, just some not. Some of the same team. Kate Heron, who was, like, the lead showrunner, yes. I guess. Kate mm-hmm. left. But there were some of the same team from season one. Yes. And I definitely agree with the criticism about how Loki handled, like, female characters. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the biggest thing I see with that is, like, Ravona, like, she went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and know? I really like Ravona as a character, and I, she went nowhere this season. Yes. Um, and I agree, like, Sylvie was not utilized, like, to her full potential. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but I still will, like, die on the hill that it was incredible for Loki's character. Yeah, they did do a good job with him. I... So I found the first few episodes a bit boring and, like, slow-paced. But I think once we passed the half point in the season, then I was invested. I was like, okay, yeah, like, this is good. Enjoying it a lot. Tom Hiddleston will put everything into his performance of Loki ever. He cares so much. You can tell. Like, he... You don't know where Tom Hiddleston begins and Loki ends. Like, I feel like Literally. that's how much he puts into it. Um, it's like, it's so hard to watch and not just be like enthralled by him playing Loki. No, I completely agree. Like, Tom puts his heart and soul into this performance. And at the end of the day, like, am I a silky? Absolutely. Did I want it to be more overtly romantic and like have a kiss and like yeah. all that kind of stuff? Absolutely, yeah. I did. Yeah. But that doesn't discount what What we we did get. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are comparing it to The Rise of Skywalker, which I didn't get. I would not. Like, when I finished the episode and got onto social media, I was like, I did not feel that way. Like, I I was surprised. Like, Like, I was, like, almost like, oh, this is what Rise of Skywalker should have done. Like, like, it just translated well. Mm hmm. Because like, I agree, like, it's sad to see. I mean, I guess we're gonna spoil it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably gonna talk about Loki like all together. We've always wanted to do a Loki episode. and We haven't done it yet, like with season one and stuff. But um, I know it's sad that Loki is alone again. But what I don't think people are like seeing or what people are kind of like discounting is that he did what he did, he made the sacrifice that he made because he is so unbelievably in love with not only Sylvie, but, like, he learned how to, like, find this family and, like, be selfless. And that was the arc that was started in the first Thor of him being so selfish and, like, mocking Thor for, like, wanting to Mm -hmm. save people, you know? And, like, he's not dead. Like, he's guarding the timelines. But that does not mean that he's dead. And I also think it is foolish to think that we're not going to see this him come back again. Like, 
Tom Hiddleston has always said this, like he thinks he's done with Loki and then he's not. Like, yeah. I don't think he is. Didn't he say like last week, like, you'd be foolish to think yeah. you'll never see Loki again? He's going to be Literally. playing Loki until he's like 90. Yeah, <laughs> I, I fully believe that, like, I saw somebody point out that, like, Loki and Sylvie are in very different parts of, like, the Loki, like, life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the Loki that we see gets all the way to the point where, like, he is, like, fulfilling his true godhood, which was, like, the god of stories. And that somebody said that um, Sylvie isn't ready to be a god yet, like, because she's lived amongst, like, humans for so long, so she's not ready to be a god. And they said that they think that's the next step we're going to see for Sylvie. Like, hopefully they do bring Sylvie back, but it'll be her stepping in as, like, the goddess of... Yeah. Somebody said it's the goddess of chaos, um, which would be interesting. Like, I... Anytime something like this happens, I'm always like, all right, it's time to see my female love interest tear down the world to bring back her man, <laughs> you know? Do I think that's going to happen? I don't know, but, like... I kind of I felt really hopeful at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of feel like there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Whereas like people comparing it to Tross, like Tross was hopeless. There was yeah. nothing to hold I on guess, to. No, I felt completely hopeless at the end of Tross. I guess like the one thing that worries me a little bit is like all these calls for you know restarting the MCU or you know Marvel fatigue is that these little like plot lines that they've left behind will be forgot- forgotten because they yeah. start over like they'll, something they'll like that like the, the whole like Sylvie like I get worried that once they restart something they'll be like oh that's just we just have to chalk that up to a loss like we can't bring her forward mm-hmm. so that's the one thing this little yeah. iffy to me I feel like when people talk about Marvel fatigue, like, I totally get it, but I kind of feel like Endgame was, like, the end of one story, you know what I mean? And, like, that was, like, all, like, I don't yeah. know what you would call it, because it's not even, like, book one. It's, you, you know, like... <laughs> do you think, though, that after Endgame is a good entry point for people? I think it depends on what you watch. Yeah. And, like, obviously, we haven't I had, like, could, a... Like, I think it could be better. Like, they could have re... Like, like, that was the perfect moment to have an easy entry point, and I don't think it was as easy as they should have gone. I, I do agree with that. Like, I do think, though, things like Moon Knight, super easy to hop in yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, Miss Marvel, super yeah, easy. super easy. And honestly, to me, like, I don't know how much Captain Marvel would make sense if you just watched, like, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel, like, without watching WandaVision. Because, yeah. like, WandaVision, I agree. Like, you need a lot of information to watch WandaVision. But, like, the Marvels, to me, was what, like, I miss about Marvel, like, it was just so fun and easy. Mm-hmm. Like, the stakes weren't too high, but, like, there definitely were stakes. And, like, that to me is something it's like, oh, if you haven't watched Marvel in a really long time, like, you could go watch the Marvels yeah. and, like, have a fun time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, like, you're not going to get that with, like, Ant-Man. Like, Ant-Man and Quantumania was, like, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know so, I mean? like, I don't completely agree on the Marvels. I think my biggest issue with the Marvels is – the editing okay i think Mm -hmm. that 
like to me at least there's a good movie in there somewhere and things got removed because I think the performances are good like Mm -hmm. at least from like the trio like the main three I think we had got good performances I loved the princess carol sequence like that whole section I love that part Mm -hmm. um and the other thing that I didn't love as much as I felt like I saw a lot of the movie in trailers. True. That is true. I do I do under I do see that. So like I, even though like I did have fun with it, I do think there were certain sections of the movie that were on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I agree with that. And one of like the biggest things that I noticed that like it didn't take me out of it, but I did notice was that um Amon went from being in her costume to suddenly being in a different outfit. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, actually. I didn't think about um, that. When she, you know, like, once she's, like, up there and, like, teaming up and all that kind of stuff, she's in her costume. Yeah. Because she starts the movie in her costume, and then at some point, she's back in her jeans and her t-shirt. And I was like, Like, was that Carol's clothing, like, that she borrowed? No, it wasn't, because it was a Captain Marvel t-shirt. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that I I didn't didn't notice. I didn't notice too much. Um... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I also I, think that, like, Miss Marvel, I think, got a bit pushed to the side by the See, I the disagree. Movie. See, I disagree. I, I would say if somebody got pushed aside, I kind of feel like it was a little bit more Monica. Because um, to me, this felt like a Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel movie. And it also had Monica in it. But don't get me wrong. I do think, though, it felt like a trio I think that if the movie had been a little bit longer, they probably could have explored more. Yeah. But I kind of like that it wasn't crazy heavy. Like, it could have been heavier. Absolutely. Like, I would have loved to see, like, a more heartfelt scene between Monica Monica and Carol. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. Monica and Captain um, Carol needed... I guess like just more like time. more time because like such heavy things happened, right? Like Monica's mom died. Carol wasn't there. She hasn't seen Carol since she was a little girl. Like I, I get that. Like it's so hard making a movie, right? Because we say all these things, and it's like, yeah, oh, I wasn't making the movie. How do you, you know, confront you know your aunt you haven't seen in all those times, and she just like left, and she said she was coming back. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with something that deep? Yeah, I don't know how I would have done it, but I think that I definitely agree with that point about like, yeah, the confrontation. Well, and I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with that point too. However. You know, we talked about earlier, like, Brie Larson, like, is Captain Marvel, right? Like, she is Cap- – well, we talked about how she is Avar Chris, but <laughs> Brie Larson, like, is Captain Marvel to me. Like, she plays her really, really well, and it's very believable. Like, the entire time I watch her as Captain Marvel, I never feel like I'm watching Brie Larson. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm watching Carol Danvers. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know how to explain that. No, I but, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, to me, the way she plays it is that – in this movie is that – she was ashamed, like completely ashamed yeah. about her, like what she had done mm-hmm. um, to the Cree. And because of that, like she was punishing herself by not going home. And I do feel like when she became Captain Marvel, I don't want to say that she lost her humanity, but I do think she kind of lost, like, because she lost her memories, right? 
So, and I, I think that that kind of stayed, like, where she had been with the Cree. And I think that she never fully became, like, Carol again, like, the yeah. old Carol. And so she was ashamed and, like, didn't know how to go back to her old life. And so she just kept plowing forward. And I kind of, I feel like that is such, like, a female experience. Yeah. Like, you just, you just keep going. You just, like, let everything fall away. And she's not a super, like, emotional person, I would have liked to see that emotion. Um, I think they could have played on that with, you know, like, Miss Marvel is, like, so, Kamala is so, like, wanting to see her, so wanting to meet her. And Monica's like, no, I don't want to see her. I think they could have played on that a little bit more, like, the duality of, like, the persona of Captain Marvel versus the person Carol Danvers. And they didn't really do that. But I do feel like, what Brie gave us in her performance made up for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like it made up, it made it up enough for me to like be okay with what we yeah. got. I guess like what you were saying before is that like Monica was lacking. Like it's almost like I wanted to see more from her side. Cause like I, yeah. I agree with you that I think that the point was what like came across with Carol and what she mm-hmm. was going through and why she made those decisions. But I think getting more Monica would have been really good. Yeah, well, and that's another reason, you know, like, I went back and I watched WandaVision, and, man, she is so good in WandaVision. Mm -hmm. And, like, her whole thing is that, like, she believes in Wanda's grief, you know? Like, she's, like, the only one who believes in Wanda's grief, because she was in there and she felt it, and she wants her to feel it. And so that is something that is a little bit different in Captain Marvel, because, like, she doesn't give that grace to Carol, nor do I think she should. yeah. But, like, that is something that they could have played on a little bit more. But, like, again, like, they didn't. Um, I still really, really enjoy... Like, I honestly feel like Captain Marvel's kind of like a... Not Captain Marvel. Um, the Marvels is, like, a little bit of a comfort movie <laughs> for me now. Because it's just, like... I don't know. It's not crazy heavy. Like, Loki is, like, oh, hurts my soul. WandaVision, oh, hurts my soul. But, like, it's so good. Whereas, like, the Marvels is just, like, a little bit lighter, I guess. And I feel like if you are, like, more of, like, a casual fan, like, it is really light. So, like, it is – and, like, the stakes – I liked the villain. I think that she made sense. She was, like, super evil mustache twirly, absolutely. (laughs) But – it was. It wasn't like for no reason. Like I think it, it was like for a reason. Mustache twirly kind of fit in this movie because yes. it was corny and like funny and silly. So like mustache twirly does match the like personality of the movie. To, to me though, like she made so much more sense as a villain than like like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know? like a lot of the time Marvel villains are just like stupid. And at yeah. least she was like, I'm super evil, but I'm trying to save my planet and I'm going to do it by like taking away the things that Miss Mar- like Captain Marvel loves. So like, at least it like made sense. I was really sad that she, um, I wanted to see more of her, basically. Yeah. I wish no, that like I, her ending could have been a little yeah. different. So true. And it's like really cute to watch Tom Hiddleston be so proud of his wife. His other half. Yeah. So my other half is in the Marvels. I've oh seen God. her in... Um, Mr. Malcolm's List. Have you ever seen that? Okay. No, I haven't. She's she's in that. She's good. Oh, that's so fun. I love I love to see I love to see the, the Hiddlestons thriving. I told my mom <laughs> she saw that with me and I said, That's Tom Hiddleston's wife. And she mean she was like, You mean like in the movie? I'm like, No, <laughs> in, person, in real life. <laughs> um 
yeah, like, we've just had, like, so many good things and, like, interesting things to yeah. watch. I don't actually know what's next on the dark, the docket for Marvel. Is it Echo? Yeah. Oh, well, it's actually the animated show. Um, oh, What If. What If, yeah. Yes. I'm interested in that. I liked the first What If. And I do think with the end of Captain Marvel – um, it does kind of lean into what if a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. And like Elizabeth Olsen is going to be voicing Wanda in it. Yes. I feel like they've been talking to her about Wanda recently. Yeah. Like, although I never believed that Wanda was dead. Like, Me I never either, believed but, it. But like, that's like another thread that if they were to like restart stuff in the MCU, like yeah. I would be worried about. Because yes, like watching the movie by itself, I'm like, Wanda's not dead. But like, they could just still decide, oh, yeah. well, that was an easy out for Wanda. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I don't even need to see her like be like a main character. I just want to see her like thrive be alive you know like she uh, she deserves to thrive be happy yeah because like the most excited that i like the most the thing that i'm most excited for was that in credit scene with um kamala and kate yeah the young avengers yes and then like my next thought immediately was um okay so let's get everybody in here where's florence Pugh? like let's go <laughs> like, my first thought was like wait did she just move to new orleans and now she's in New York. Back in New York. Because she's from New Jersey. Like, that was really confusing to me. I was like, but like, Kamala's from New Jersey. Why would she leave? I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of cute that they moved into Monica's yeah. old house. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, why would you move to New or- rural New Orleans? Although, you know who else is in New Orleans, though? It's yeah. Sam's family. Oh, okay. That's cool. So that is, I just thought about that. That is kind of a little bit of a... Because, like, the thing is, like, I understand, like, moving Kamala's family, but, like, she's a minor. Like, I'm like, you're, she's not ready for college yet. She can't just, like, go back to New York and go to, like, Columbia or something. Like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also like that. She was like, we're we're bringing young Avengers, and Kate Bishop is like, I'm 23. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, it's so funny to me because I'm like, by the time we actually get a new a young Avengers, Avengers movie like They're all those gonna people are gonna be the age that like the original Avengers were when they were like in the first Avengers yeah well see like that's why I'm like like don't necessarily make it like new Avengers it's just like make it like that can be their you know launching off point yeah you know like if you want to see their beginnings like you go back and you see something else and like I get it like it, it is so like unbelievably tangled However, like, we've done it to where it's like, oh, I want to know more about Loki. And we, like, just rewatched, like, parts of the story. Like, we just rewatched the parts with, like, Loki in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely think it's doable. Is it something that I think a lot of the mainstream audience is going to do? No. Because it is still so daunting. So I think Echo is going to be really good. I do, too. And I think you're going to be able to just hop into that. Yeah. Um, the I trailer am... looked really good. Like, yeah. I, that trailer. Yeah. I am sad, though, because it makes me think about, like, Daredevil. And, like, they, like, totally scrapped it and, like, starting over with Daredevil. No. He's going to be in Echo. He... Yes. Um, well, but and I heard starting of... over is good. Like, are they going to take some notes from his I original so. series? Did you ever finish that? I did not. <laughs> It's, I did not. I, I got like somewhere in season two. I'm like, I never even got to Electra. I haven't even gotten to that scene. Wow, yeah. I know. You're I know. such a big Charlie Cox fan. I know. I know. 
Did you see that photo I sent you today? Yes. Lurking in the background. Tom, Tom Hiddleston is like taking a photo with a fan and then Charlie Cox is just like in the background. Like not part of the photo. Like he's, he's just, just there. there. <laughs> it's so random. Oh my God. I just like, man, I did hear a rumor that he might be in Spider-Man 4. Well, he was in Spider-Man 3. I know. <laughs> well, because like that movie is supposedly... The Sony crossover? Yes. Which, so we're going to hear more about when you were in the Amazon with your mom right before she died, researching spiders. Madame Web. <laughs> but I don't think that trailer was horrible, but just the choice of oh, actors. Oh, it's memeable. Like, it, like, I didn't think it was horrible either. It's just, like, so funny. The choice of actors is so yeah. random. Like, we were talking that, like, I don't know if it's the way that the teenagers are costumed, but, I mean, Sydney Sweeney is an adult, but, like, maybe the way they were costumed just made them look older, well, And even. I also don't understand why it's a group of teenagers, it's, well, I mean, obviously Sydney Sweeney is an adult, but I don't understand why it's a group of teenagers and then... A grown Madame woman? Webb, a grown woman. I'm like, what's happened? Why is she why hanging are, out with them? Why are you hanging out with a group of teenagers? Why aren't you with your mom in the rainforest researching spiders? <laughs> like, it, like, I'm wondering if Madam Webb's demographic is going to be teens. But in that case, why isn't Madam Webb a teen? Yeah, I don't know. But Madam Webb is an old lady, isn't she? Is she? Like, actually, in the comics, I'm pretty sure she's an old lady. And that's that just, why like, gives when, me she more got, questions. when she got cast, everyone thought it was weird that it was Dakota Johnson because she's not old. That's so... I'm so confused. Like, I... I'm so confused, but I am excited to see Tom Holland's Peter Parker be sad and alone and nobody know him and him still pining after MJ. I yeah. am ready for that. I'm like, I, I'm like slightly worried about the movie, to be oh, honest. Oh, thousand percent. I, like, especially with it connecting to Sony property. I'm like, I don't yeah. know about that. Like, unless <laughs> it's like the people who created Spider-Verse involved. I don't. Like, I don't. Yeah. Mobius. You know, like <laughs> the way they were trolled into re-releasing Mobius popped <laughs> again. Well, Madame Web is the same writers as Mobius. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, and it's also like, what is that other movie where it like looks like a romance cover? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, anything but you. It, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the so the Sony movie. It's a oh, Marvel. Oh, I thought we were talking about Sydney Sweeney and the. No, other no, no, that no. I I know what you're talking about. No, there's a there's a is it is it Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson? Oh, um, crack. No. Yes. Cra yeah. Something Craven. like that. Craven. 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 Like what is that? <laughs> I don't know. He's like a wild man, isn't he? Isn't he? Doesn't he have like lion, like lion cover powers? Looks like, like a no, bodice ripper romance. No, novel. but he has like lion powers or something. He's yeah, like a predator. Yeah, he's got like animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a predator. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I don't yeah, know. I thought that Aaron Taylor Johnson looked good in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. He looks fantastic. However, what is the plot of this movie? <laughs> animal man. He's like George of the Jungle. I don't know. <laughs> He's George of the it's actually just George of the Jungle. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like that, I'm like, 
just just don't just don't hurt my my boy Tom. Just don't yeah. hurt him. And he's have been having like an acting break, so hopefully he when he when they're ready to shoot Spider Man, he'll be like rejuvenated and be ready and be like happy. Good, you know, good mental space. That was the one good thing about them pushing back Zendaya's um, Thruple tennis movie. No, there's nothing good about getting that movie pushed back. No, 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 no. You know what is good? Because it didn't get released during the strike, which means we're going to get a red carpet with Tom and Zendaya. Oh, that would be sweet. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know how he always follows behind her and, like, takes her pictures? Yeah. (laughs) So at least we get that. I don't even remember when that movie is being released. How far back did it get pushed? I think into 2024. Like, March, maybe? Well. Like, Dune is then, too. I think it's, like, it might be around the same time as Dune. I am I excited for Dune? I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, it's. Are you excited for Wonka? That's the better question. <laughs> I feel so threatened by Wonka. Threatened? What I do you feel mean? So threatened. Every single time I see a trailer, I see a poster. The threatening aura I get from this movie. <laughs> from who? From the. Oompa Loompas or from Wonka? Everything. Are you going to see it? No, like, are you going to see it? It's over Christmas break. You're going to have time. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can convince your, your, because your cousins are coming, right? Like, you can all go together. That's very true. Go see Wonka. (laughs) I just, like... I just, like, I find it entertaining, you know, that Timmy is going to be playing I a will role say... of his ex-girlfriend's father. <laughs> I find that entertaining. I will say, like, even though Timmy doesn't normally play silly, goofy roles, he is a silly, goofy guy. Yeah. He is. No, he is. He's he a is. silly, goofy guy. Like, I... And, you know, like, Chris Jenner's gonna, like, talk him up for Wonka. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that's my man. <laughs> I just don't understand why they they aren't telling, like, the backstory of, like, Gene Wilder's Wonka, who was clearly no, I, criminally the, insane. Like, I know. He's not evil enough. Like... Like he's not even. We'll see. Like that. That's why it feels threatening because it's not threatening in the right way. <laughs> like it's not. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, it should be like this is a like like. Well, I was about to say like Saltburn, but not like Saltburn. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen Saltburn yet, but I am very excited, Shannon. I'm I very think excited. You, you're we're you're not taking your mom, right? No. I, all I've heard is that this movie is for the sickos, <laughs> which like. Am I a sicko? I don't know. It, it entices me, honestly. It entices like everything, me. all the reviews, I'm like, I need to see this. They and say I'm that really it's trying like, not to spoil myself because like I like reading the reviews, but I'm like, okay, like how far can I get without spoiling myself? Because I I feel like it's a type of movie you need to be shocked by. Yeah. Well, they I mean it's an eat the rich movie. Like that's really mm-hmm. all I know. And then like at first I thought it was gonna be more like Call Me by Your Name or like just like more a, like a quiet, like romantic movie, it's and then thriller. I found out that it's when a, I found out it was a thriller, that's when I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking, because like we already talked about Jacob Lordy can be scary, although he's not, he's not the scary one, he's not the scary he's one, he's not the scary one, it's Barry, no, which also makes sense, makes a lot of sense, he makes a I lot mean, of he's sense, in, he's gonna be playing the Joker in 
Robert's oh, yeah. Batman's. Like, oh, yeah. he, That's he, such a good choice. And you also didn't see the Banshees of Inisherin. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you, you didn't? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry can do it. Barry can do it. Oh, I believe it. I totally believe that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that whenever I do eventually get to see that. <laughs> oh, you know what else we haven't even talked about? Well, this is, like, super quick because, like, we're kind of wrapping up. Um, but the trailer for the new uh, Miyazaki movie with Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. as the heron. And the boy he in the heron. his voice. <sighs> he... He's a voice actor. He's, He's like, a voice actor. Talent. He has so much talent. The rat man could never. Yeah. Could never. Like, I couldn't believe that was Robert Pattinson's voice. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. I, I actually um, got one of my students into Miyazaki movies. Ooh, which one um, did they watch? So, like, I, I got her into, like, Studio Ghibli, like, specifically. Um, but she's watched all of them now. What? All That's a lot of movies. I know. She, um, she, like, all the mainstream ones. She said that there's, like, some that she hasn't watched yet. Um, but she, I I have this, like, dress that I really like. And it has, um, like, the soot sprites on it. And she was mm-hmm. asking me about it. And I was telling her. And so the first, she started with Howl's Moving Castle. And then she watched, um, she's, she's, the next one she's going to watch is, like, Princess Mononoke. Um, but she watched, like, all of them. And her favorite is, I don't know if it's, is Miyazaki all of Studio Ghibli or is he just some of Studio Ghibli? So he doesn't direct all of them, but I think most of them are him. Most More of them recently, are him. recently, he's aging. Other people have been directing yeah. stuff too. Her favorite one that she's watched was The Secret Life of Arietti, which was surprising to me. Isn't that the one with Tom Holland doing no, the voice? No, in one of the dubs, it's Tom in Holland. In the British dub, not the In the American, American dub, it's David Henry. Okay. But yes, but in the British dub, it is Tom. And Daisy Ridley, isn't it? Is Daisy Ridley in that? Daisy Ridley no, she's in a is different one. in a Ghibli movie, not that one, yeah, I think. Yeah, she's in a different one. I started Maybe watching Elf, a different wait, one. one of the Fannings. No, I don't know. Yes, I think it's L. I think it's L Fanning. Yeah. So anyways. So. Oh, make more sense. Yeah, anyways. the boy and the heron, the heron and the boy, Robert Pattinson. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be really good. I think they're going to start filming Batman too soon, too. So he's busy. He is. I like that he's booked and busy. Good for him, you know? And just lying all over the place. Like, this week, wasn't he saying something about sleeping in his car and everyone was like, all the fans were like, guys, like, don't listen to this. He He always tells lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Like, he just lies for fun. You remember his, his, um, what was it that he made in the microwave? Oh, no, he did that. No, I know, but, like, <laughs> I know he did that, um, but he did it to scare the interviewer. Yeah, he put, didn't he put aluminum foil in the microwave? In the microwave with, like, sugar and dry <laughs> pasta. He's my favorite. <laughs> He did that to He's scare like, the interviewer. Like, I know we're all like, oh, Tom Hiddleston. Like, oh, Jeremy Allen White, we love them. No, like, Robert Pattinson's truly my favorite. He's like chaos boy. Like, chaos. Robert Pattinson, like, crawled out of a sewer. <laughs> it's like, you know, that scene in, like, Lilo and Stitch, where she's like, bring me an angel, the kind, the nicest one you have. And then, like, Stitch crawls out, you know? That's Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, is there anything else uh, that we need to talk about that we haven't covered? No, I don't. 
Maybe by next episode, we'll be able to talk about if Saltburn is for the sickos. <laughs> I would love to be able to talk about if Saltburn is for the sickos. <laughs> or Ballad of Songbergs and Sakes. Like, there's so much to come out. Wish is coming out. Like, we've yeah, got so much to talk guys, about. Go see Wish because they're showing the short <gasps> Once yes. Upon a Studio at the beginning. And I've worked on it. And I'm in the credits. So yes. even like even if you don't care about Wish that much, I worked on something that's showing before Wish. I'm gonna like stand up and like take a picture of your yeah. name. And be like, that's I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see it on the I big love screen. That. Oh, that's what, okay. In that case, like I'm gonna drag my mom to see it because she has to see your name on the big screen. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Lipstick and Lightsabers. If you want to keep the conversation going, if you have any recommendations, you can follow us at lip underscore lightsabers on Twitter and on Instagram. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>